Welcome to Earth Matters on Gila Members Community Radio, KURU at 89.1 FM. I'm Donna Stevens, your host for today's program and the executive director of the Upper Gila Watershed Alliance, a local nonprofit working to protect the Gila watershed through advocacy, education, and restoration. You may have noticed that Earth Matters has been on a break for the last few months and that during that time, We've been rebroadcasting shows from the archives. While on break, we decided to come up with a new focus for the program. Climate change is here, and New Mexico is feeling its effects. What can we do to draw down our climate-changing carbon emissions, restore our land and water, and adapt to harsher, more challenging conditions? The Gila Resources Information Project, or GRIP, and Upper Gila Watershed Alliance, or AGWA, are relaunching Earth Matters, a bi-weekly podcast that will help you understand how New Mexicans are rising to the climate challenge and how you can, too. Each hour-long episode will bring to you conversations with people working on the ground to address climate change in the Southwest and provide you with information on how you can make a difference and help bring collective action to this global crisis. Allison Civic and Donna Stevens, that's me, are your hosts for Earth Matters, airing every Tuesday and Sunday at 10 a.m., right here on Gila Members Community Radio. This year is our 10th anniversary. For the first show of our new format, I am joined in the studio by two guests, Carol Ann Fugali and Mike Fugali. Carol Ann, my co-worker, is the Education and Outreach Director of the Upper Gila Watershed Alliance, and Mike is the Eco-Monitoring Youth Conservation Corps Supervisor at Aldo Leopold Charter School in Silver City. Mike spends a lot of time educating himself and others about climate change. Welcome, Carol Ann and Mike. Hi, Donna. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. On today's show, we're going to talk about a grant recently received by the Upper Gila Watershed Alliance, or UGWA for short. This grant is a program of the Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, called the Commission for Environmental Cooperation. I've never heard of this program before. Is this something new? And if so, why was it created? Uh, thanks, Donna. Uh, let me start with that last question first, why it was created, and I think you just alluded to it in your opening remarks. Climate change is uh, no longer a threat. It's a real and present danger. Uh, as Al Gore often says, you know, every week on the news is like taking a nature hike through the book of Revelations, <laughs> yeah, and uh, this week was no uh, different. So you may have seen this week. Uh, the unbelievable uh, news story uh, regarding the globe's poles. The Antarctica uh, had temperatures 40 degrees Celsius above normal at the same moment in time that the Arctic had temperatures 30 degrees Celsius uh, warmer than normal. So things are becoming uh, uh, accelerating and becoming way out of whack. And uh, uh, scientists are particularly uh, concerned now, not so much at the trajectory of climate change in terms of average temperatures, but at the uh, extreme events. The extreme events are happening uh, much more quickly than they had uh, anticipated. And so that's a real real new development. Uh, But to answer your uh, question more specifically about the CEC, 
the uh, Commission on Environmental Cooperation is actually an international organization, and it uh, uh, was established by the United States, Canada, and uh, Mexico, and it's not new. It was uh, created in 1994 under the North American Agreement on Environmental Cooperation. So uh, the CEC, which I'm still learning about, is governed and funded equally by all three participating countries, and it consists of three bodies. They're called the Council, the Secretariat, and the Joint Public Advisory Committee. Uh, the Council is the governing body of the CEC, and it is composed of the environmental ministers of each of the countries. So in regards to the EPA, uh, which you mentioned, the administrator of the Environmental Protection Agency is the CEC's U.S. Council member representing the U.S. Uh, you know, in the CEC. And the mission of the CEC is to facilitate collaboration and public participation, uh, to foster conservation, uh, the protection and, and enhancement of the North American environment, really for the benefit of present and all future generations. And so in February of 2022, the CEC announced the first recipients of its new EJ4 climate grants program. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Uh, because UGWA, uh, remarkably, is among the program's first per, uh, recipients. Uh, the EJ4 climate program was first announced by President Biden at the 2021 Climate Summit, and its focus is on environmental justice and climate resilience in underserved uh, indigenous and other vulnerable communities throughout North America. And those are communities, of course, that need help preparing for climate-related impacts. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Mike. I had no idea that it had been around so long. I didn't know that at all. Can you explain what environmental justice means for people who aren't familiar with the term? So, I mean, this grant is called EJ, so, and that stands for environmental justice. What does that mean exactly? Yeah, that's a good question, Donna. So, you know, with every new movement or social movement, there's uh, comes along new vocabulary, right? So um, the environmental justice movement, or like you said, the EJ movement, it's an intergenerational, multiracial, and international social movement that actually began in the 1980s, and it was heavily influenced by the civil rights movement. And so environmental justice promotes environmental and economic and social justice by recognizing the direct link between economic, environmental, and health issues and demanding a safe, clean community and workplace environment for everybody. So some of these examples include adequate access to healthy food, adequate transportation, access to clean air and water, a safe home. And so we know that a lot of people in the world are, uh, we say that those who impact our climate the least are the ones who will be impacted the most. And we all know the examples of people in Bangladesh and the flooding there. Once their homes are flooded, they don't have the ability or access to create a new home. Um, in a place that's dear to my heart, Kenya, you know, they have extreme drought followed by extreme flooding. And then they also, their, their crops are gone and they don't have access to good food and their homes are gone. Um, you may have heard about the grasshoppers affecting uh, the 
countrywide, actually, in 2020 or 2021, and that uh, affects food production. And so this grant is targeting people uh, and promoting environmental justice for people of, of all locations, no matter where they are. Okay, thank you for that explanation. So this was the first time that the Commission for Environmental Cooperation put out a call for proposals and grant projects, and was it successful? I mean, how many entries did they receive, and for what areas? Right, so like Mike was saying, this was uh, the request for proposals were put out for all of North America, and there were over 375 entries. 47% of the entries were received from the United States. And so that was 174 entries. And five proposals were awarded in each country. Five in Canada, five in the United States, and five in Mexico. And all of these projects um, involved community involvement and an emphasis on promoting partnerships, with local indigenous communities to foster their resilience to climate change and climate-related impacts. So, you know, one out of five projects (laughs) in the entire United States, that's an incredible honor. And so we are really happy. Yeah, we're still a little, you know, uh, (laughs) amazed and blown away by the whole thing that we actually got this grant. So uh, I know. It seemed like such a long (laughs) shot. And then to actually get it was like I kept kind of pinching myself. Is this real? So (laughs) what were some of the other projects? I mean, we're going to spend the rest of the hour talking about this project. But what were some of the other projects that were funded by this new grant? So, yeah, that's a good question. I, that's one of the first things I did is when we received the grant, I wanted to see, well, who else won and what geographic location. So in the United States, uh, the locations were Alaska, Louisiana, North Carolina, Baltimore, and Silver City. But if you look a little more closely about who received the grant, I was really interesting. So in Alaska... Uh, There's a native village mostly comprised of four distinct Alaska native peoples, and their project is called Sustainable Ecosystems and Resilient Economies Through Mariculture. Okay, so then the one in Louisiana, it's actually the most remote Native American community, and you have to actually get there by boat. (laughs) And their project is called Marsh Restoration at Grand Bayou Indian Village. Uh, In North Carolina, they have a seeding resilience program. In Mexico, there's a rural women leaders in the adaptation to climate change. And in Canada, three caught my eye. One's called Increasing the Flood Resilience of Lower Fraser First Nations Communities While Rebuilding Damaged Salmon Habitats. And another one is seafood safety and food sovereignty in the context of climate change. And yet another, harvesting programs for women and youth. So you can see that a lot of these programs deal with food security, and ours does the same. So if listeners want to view all of the awardees and learn more about the program outlined, you can go ahead and Google Commission for Environmental Cooperation, and uh, it gives you all the information uh, there. Cool. So, I mean, when when this call for proposals came out, 
we weren't just like scrambling to think of something at the last moment. You already had an idea of something you wanted to do. And what was your inspiration for the idea that ultimately was awarded a grant? Great question, Donna. You know, I would like to give some background information on this idea because there are so many people to thank and had a a big role in this. And so our project focuses on food security because we know that in the arid southwestern United States, it's really challenging to grow food. Uh, We have a lot of degraded soils, and the predictions of drought are expected to continue. And even this month of April, the uh, it's going to be predictions are about 50 to 60 percent drier than in previous years. And so we see that the science shows that growing food in the future isn't going to get any easier. So last July, the Upper Gila Watershed Alliance, in cooperation with uh, an international organization called 2811, they are an international platform for social change. We came together and we co-organized a climathon or a one and a half day workshop uh, called Hackathon last July. And this the challenge at that workshop was to examine the life cycle of compost in all of its stages, from buying food to producing healthy soil and to find innovative and innovative ways to use food scraps at every stage. And during this one-and-a-half-day workshop, uh, people from Silver City came together, and they were amazing because, as we all know, there's so many really intelligent people and hardworking people in Silver City that have great ideas, and they came up with solutions. And so the idea for this grant was the product that came out of that climathon. We expanded the idea to fit the grant guidelines and also to uh, so that it would fit in the education mission for the Upper Gila Watershed Alliance. And so we prepared this winning proposal. I'd like to point out that kudos go, go to two people. One, Gordon West, who was at the Climathon, and he had been thinking about the ideas that were the foundation for this grant proposal. He'd been thinking about it and working on it for years, and so he was a real catalyst in this program. And also kudos for Mike for helping to write the grant. You know, there's a lot of moving parts in this program, and we were having a meeting with some people a few days ago trying to describe the program, and we did so adequately, but it took about an hour. And so <laughs> Mike was able to take this whole whole concept and fit it into 500 words. That's really hard to do. <laughs> really hard to do. So thank you, Mike, because you can sure. have the best idea ever, but if you're not able to convey it succinctly in a, in a proper way, then it doesn't even matter. Right. Well, that's a good stopping point. We need to take a short break here on Earth Matters on KURU at 89.1 FM, and then we'll continue our discussion with Carol Ann and Mike Fugali. So please don't go away. <laughs> 